Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Tanya Ryan, and Jen Anderson. And today it is Mel and Jen, and we'll do another one with Tanya. It just last minute didn't work out for her, which is totally understandable. That is how life goes. But Mel and I were having a conversation. I was like, I feel like we should just hit record even though we have no true opening to this, but I really loved Mel's statement. And I'm like, open with that and we'll roll from there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the statement that kicked it all off, if I can remember correctly, is that everything in life is inherently neutral until a human gets involved. So energy is neutral, where we attach our biases as a human becomes a preference. This is good, this is bad. And even like in the, well, we see it in every structure where there's a hierarchy, but in the yoga community as a whole, most of the godheads or the gurus, the uh, the, the ones who led more cult-like programs created a power system that eventually became de- uh, disempowering to the students. And there was a lot of abuse and assault. But the teachings were inherently neutral. What they were teaching was inherently neutral. It was the human behind it that turned it into something that became the powerful and the powerless. And so in that example, I love that example. I look at it, but I'd love your view of this, um, that it's their own trauma that does that. That disempowers them. Yes. And so in some way, there is trauma there to be healed because they want the power Mm -hmm. and they thrive off the power is how I look at it sometimes. And that's like filling a void for them rather than dealing with the like deeper root of that. Yeah. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. They kind of get like, they kind of get off on (laughs) holding the power and it's kind of twisted. Absolutely. I I do see that. So energetically, like, as because this has been going on, uh, if you've been, if you have woken up at all, <laughs> any morning in the last two years, you have seen these sorts of power shifts happening, um, groups strategically placed against each other. And there are all kinds of biases. And we've heard words like cognitive dissonance and uh, um, preference biases and all of these catchphrases are coming up and being thrown in each other's faces but ultimately you're two sides of the same coin (laughs) like at the end of the day you're two sides of the same coin unwilling to or uh, unable to because a coin can't see its other side unable to see its other side because you are saturated in your preferences you're saturated in your experiences and your traumas and that's just what makes us human so that's like think where there are certain people that will latch on to power and from a a really authentic and neutral place that means something to them. And then once they feel that surge, you know, like in the cartoon when he puts on the ring and then everything turns black and the lightning opens. (laughs) That's what I think it is almost like, oh, this is who I could be or this is how I'm seen. And that probably comes from a deep, deep rooted need to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. Exactly. And then it just turns into something really dark and scary. That's my my human analogy. I I think so too. And I think 
I, Mel and I were discussing nobody in particular, but just like, for me, just like this awareness and witnessing of people stepping into a power, let's say a power spot on something that they're passionate about, but going so far with it that it's no better than what they were like up against. Yeah. Make any sense as I'm trying not to like put in. No, same like when, when they're like, I think we both know what we're talking about. So (laughs) when, when people are like, you're so fearful, you're so fearful, you're afraid, you're afraid. Well, the same sort of, uh, uh, emotional mental warfare is being used on both sides both heavily saturated in fear heavily saturated in fear exactly. unless you're somewhere in the neutral middle who's like really their head is on a swivel looking at both sides all the time i think if you are stationed hard in one viewpoint there is some uh, uh there's fear present yeah i agree i completely agree and i think that will be really triggering for some people um, but it's, I'm thinking of my husband cause he's been really fascinating to have some of these conversations with over the last few months because he can get really, uh, deep down rabbit holes in things. And he does, it just like, isn't affected by it. Like it doesn't, I like watch for the fear <laughs> and I'm like, it, there's a fear there for you, but there isn't a fear there with him. But he's also, uh, somebody that like, likes to do the research and likes to know things but it's not I know when I catch myself some down some of those rabbit holes I'm like oh this is because I feel like I need to know so that I can't be afraid but and it's a fear base that begins that for me if I'm honest with myself whereas with him he just likes to know (laughs) and I find myself like all this has done for me is make me question like you know before i believe i could title myself complacent just like a a spoiled little canadian living the good life and just trusting uh the godheads to look after me and now i definitely am seeing uh a lack of accountability across the board and i didn't know this for a long time but I, I believe truly at the heart of what we want is accountability. And for me, the whole time with through COVID, every time there was a pivot and they called it a pivot, it was never, we were wrong. And I hate that. I always want, I want to know that you knew that this is a turning point and that something needed to change or that the way that you handled it wasn't the best way. Because in my 42 years of life, I know that if I haven't ever said I'm wrong, I don't believe I am. <laughs> I don't believe I am. And I will do everything I can to uh, do like, you know, smoke and mirrors to make it look like I'm not wrong because I'm so attached to being right on that. Yeah. And uh, like I was talking to my partner last night is we have become and not just our children, but us to the generation of no accountability. And that is the ultimate sacrifice of us not looking is there's been no accountability for ourselves even. And like all of the the adult children living in their parents' basements and all of these things that are happening. And yes, like when I, when I say adult children, I do have a son who's still at home, which I was out at his age. 
but how could he afford a home? And this is where we go back to accountability. What is happening in our structure system that is allowing this? How does a young man go out and buy a $700,000 home? And here's another catch. Yeah, here's another catch. You remember when you were young and you could pool up with your friends and rent a house? Well, now rentals are so hot that four guys, which is what it would take to afford the rental, four young guys would absolutely never, never, ever, ever in like under any circumstance get a rental because yeah. there's a million applicants coming through that are better than them. So <laughs> what is better on paper. <laughs> well, As a landlord, I would be like, I'm not so sure about these four 20-year-old boys. <laughs> Unless it's a house. shed in your backyard. <laughs> I would be like recalling what happened with me in my early yeah. days. Oh <laughs> my God. We, we went away this weekend for one night and I have Vivint. So door open, door closed, door open, door closed. And I was like, those little buggers. Every time I go away, the whole world comes over. But that, that's them, right? Like that's their innate craving. I'm an adult. And if, if I'm present, I don't care if their friends come over but it's the fact that you're present and they just want to be able to do these things on their own and so like going back to accountability is like when is this going to shift and change like when are we going to become once again a place that is equitable and affordable to live where we are all prosperous I don't believe we're headed in that direction I don't (laughs) and that's like where I want to see accountability and um I don't want to be distracted anymore I just want to see accountability. And back to the like, the pivoting piece of Mm -hmm. the beautiful word pivot that became like the word of 2020. (laughs) How many trigger words do you think have been brought up in the last two years? Like you, is it like, you know, you can't even say like science or like... (laughs) or freedom there's so many words whenever I hear freedom now I see it spelt as just because it's like yes I know how it's spelt but it it's also been used as a bullying word with freedom attached at the end of it and there's a lot of bullying like uh, both sides so much bullying so gross but yeah I can't hear freedom without hearing both like the both I've never seen that before but now I'm probably gonna notice it Man, it's everywhere. Don't look in the comments under any news article. <laughs> That's where I get my good dose of bullying is anytime I look under uh, like a, a mainstream media article. Holy, yeah, you better come with a thick skin. And that's been there for quite a while. Yep, yeah. I hope, I guess, maybe this is my little bubble that I live in that we're starting to realize how manipulative language has been over our lifetime but I really yes. think it's been quite manipulative over the last year and two years whatever you want to look at there I, I don't think it's been a full two years to be honest I think in the beginning there was a lot of well oh absolutely neighbors helping neighbors yeah yeah I think there was a lot more of that. yeah I think so too um we were still like we were still our regular-ish selves at that point in time. Yeah. And I do think that things started to take a turn and the, yeah. the languaging started to twist. And yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of 
like you said, trigger words and trigger things that have happened. And I, I don't know about you. Um, I think it's been a really hard time to be in a place of leadership of making decisions over the last two years. God, yes. I have such compassion and empathy for those, but when they have pivoted or have realized something has been different than they thought it was going to be from the beginning, because I think it did start out with well-intentioned for a lot of people, different areas. You can use this in so many different spots. Um, But saying, oh, that didn't work out how we planned. Yeah. And then we'd all be like, heck no, it didn't. (laughs) But I would use that more than just like, oh, I'm just going to shuffle that under and pretend that's not what we said. We've never said that. And I'm like, just own it. Like, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we move on if there isn't? I don't know. I've lost more respect for some people over the last few months of like, just being like so firm in like what they were doing. And it was doubling like, down. Yeah. yeah and double down. I agree. I teach my clients. So I'm like in mentorship, I'm like double down on shit. Like don't, don't let stuff get, you know, don't be, don't be blown at every wind, double down on what's important to you. And then the world will double down with you or yes. those ones will part ways with you. And I do believe on doubling down, but it has to come from a place of values. And and if we know, do you like, and this may be, you know, I'm reading this book called, uh, I think it's called The Rise and Fall of Great Nations. And it talks about like how we start from rubble and then we come up to the top, which is the top is where everyone gets kind of lazy and compliant and just expects the life that they've received. Yeah. And then that kind of like, or they take it for granted, I would guess maybe is some of it too, is that, ah, this will always be here. And then it starts that slow decline. And this is like, this book is massive and it goes way, 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 way back to. I was going to say, is this a history? I've really been watching some of those things, like how history plays out. This is a uh, form, but this, this is a Tony Robbins recommendation. Yeah. He said, if you read this, you'll be able to predict any sort of economic downturn, all this. I more. love it. Yeah. I listened to his podcast about it. Yeah. It's Ray Dalio and it's amazing. Like, and the way that the book's laid out, not to distract it, but if you are interested in reading it, he's done it so well because it is like when I got the book from the library, I was like, Lord Jesus, be with me for the next 30 days. <laughs> it is a huge book. But the way he's laid it out inside is that he's bolded all of the pieces that you need to know to read the book and then just regular font for all the fill in. And then he has oh. like red dots for these things. So you can read the book really quickly or you can take it all in. All in. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really good book for me because I would like peruse quickly and then go back to what I wanted. Or the, the bold is like particularly interesting. That's what I'm doing is the yeah. bold is particularly interesting. I'll read in the, uh, the other stuff, but some of it, uh, maybe it's, maybe this is a, a lower quality in me, but if it doesn't click with me right away, I believe it's not for me. And then I move on. <laughs> but that's just Absolutely. how I read it. But if we operate from steadfast values, and I think that 
we have had such a good life for so long that maybe our values are a little shaky as a society. And what something like this does when we break apart and you see people form into two, three, four groups, because I don't believe it's just two, because I'm not part of either. And <laughs> so it, when you- That's how this conversation started, was we were like, there's not, we're not this sad, we're not this sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I wouldn't even say that I'm in the middle with my head on a swivel. I get pulled from side to side. And I and I always have is like, I'm, I'm willing to try on this shoe and I'm willing to try on that shoe. But I just and I at the end of it, all I'm left with is a lack of trust for everything. Um, yeah. And so going back to a value, value of trust for me is huge. And so if I want a value of trust mirrored back to me, I better be mirroring that to the world. And so when we feel lost of what can we do, how can I change anything? You can start with you. <laughs> like yeah. number one, start with you. If you have a value that does not stand for bullying, watch your words. Watch how you talk to people. If you have a value that stands for inclusiveness, include all. <laughs> like this is like where I think the answer is, is in your values and your values don't have to look like mine. Maybe your values inspire me, but I need you to live in your values in order to see them because right now I feel lost. Yeah. I think everybody should just rewind that 15, 30 seconds. And <laughs> that again, because I think that is how we change things and I think some people are forgetting that that's how simple it can be yeah like imagine if like 10% of us like really just dove into our own work and the inner work and the deeper work and the harder work for our audience the work we can do yes exactly yeah. within ourselves I think there's we have to be accountable <laughs> We'd have to buck the norm of what we've been taught is, ah, don't worry, someone else will do it. Yes. No, that someone is you. You are that person. As much as like, as much as I do think it's cute to give everyone the participation trophies, I do think it also makes people not step up into their true leadership qualities and that you matter and you can make a change. You are the difference. Yes. My uh, youngest, I can't remember what he was in, but he got, it wasn't participation, but I think it was eighth place in something to do. With something. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, eight is an auspicious number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, like, he didn't even show me it for like four days. Aww. He didn't even talk about he it. Didn't care. I, yeah. He didn't, he was like not impressed by it at all. Because My kids like threw them all out. They don't care. And I was just like, he's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's eight. Like when I like, you can see in his little mind at the age of seven. It's embarrassing, I think, for some of them to get them, right? Like it was demeaning for him ah, to be in that place. That's and a flip side. Yeah, he wasn't like beating himself up, but he was just like, well, I no. didn't need an award for this. No, yeah. this I'm not going to put it on my wall. Guys, oh, you oh. remember the time I won eighth? It was such a tight race. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, I wouldn't want you either. There was one time, I, and I do think, like, I love the idea of silver, bronze, and gold. Yeah. That, to me, means there's a tight race. Yeah. 
I love that concept. Silver or bronze, silver, gold is beautiful. And I always liked silver better and I usually got second place. So <laughs> I need copper put in there because I'm really drawn to copper all the time. That is rose gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we make the new age form of the Olympic trophies. But like going back to that, I think the accountability first and foremost is going to be the thing that turns the ship around is that when we start going, hey, does this match my values? And I think most of us are so friggin' busy. Like when, when 2020 happened, there was like a huge sigh of relief. People were like, good Lord, I can finally put my feet up. And I actually can't do anything. And I think a lot of people needed that massive slowdown. But yeah. now we're out of that. And but we're still in it. But we're able to work again. And, and well, most most of us, I, I don't know who can't, but I'm sure there are people who still can't work. And they're, you know, we're back in it. But we've lost track of the community aspect of it. We're more focused on can't do this, can do that, and, and that sort of thing. But every time slowing down, take the lesson from 2020 and say, is my action matching my value system? Is what I'm doing what I really, really believe in and what is uh, a good way to know is what's expansive to me, what makes me feel a part of the collective whole, what makes me expand? what makes me contract, you know, that maybe some of us know what that feels like more than expansion. So if it's making you feel contracted, um, shoulder blades pulling away from the spine, shoulders coming in towards the heart, if you're standing like that, I would really ask you to step into what what is making you close your heart? And what is your heart asking for? I think these are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves as I sit here with my shoulders coming in towards uh, my heart. Mine are too, and I was like, oh yeah, I was going to ask you what your thoughts on, but I'll ask you after this because I yeah. have a spot in my back. Uh, actually, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Because um, I'm also sitting that way, but I was like really trying to loosen today and I haven't had a body ailment in quite a while. Like, or like, it's very fleeting if I do, like it, it's just my belief, right? And I have this spot in the middle of my spine, like right where my bra, the bottom of my bra strap is, yeah. that is just like clenched. It's just mm. like, it won't let me like fully. And I was like, what the hell? I was, for anybody that has a dog and appreciates spring, will appreciate that I spent an hour outside crouched over cleaning up after oh yeah, yeah so that's the, the physical action that created uh, a home for this yeah, but sensation. I believe it's already there and it wouldn't have occurred if it wasn't already absolutely there. <laughs> yeah. me and you think the same and so I'm like, what is it? This is so interesting. Ah, so Louise Hay has some insight for us. She says the middle back is guilt. Stuck in all that stuff back there. Get off my back. I release the past and I'm free to move forward with love in my heart. Get off my back. Do you feel Wait, like well, that? I I did feel like that probably three days prior to yesterday. Oh, so then it was... Oh. Now I believe I, this is my belief 
it's coming to physical form, even though I feel like I did a yeah. lot of work around it. Your body has to express it. Yeah. Move. Yeah. 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 I would. So I looking at the physical temple first, the physical body, what you can do is like place a block, uh, make a heart bed is what they're called. So place a block in between your mid shoulder blades and have the top of the block at the big uh, vertebrae at the top. And then just let your arms fall open. So that puts you into a natural back bend and starts to pull the shoulder blades back in towards the spine. The physical opening and so most of us now are like, I just want to bypass my physical body and become totally enlightened, which is <laughs> not your purpose here. You came as a human being. You came to feel the feels. Oh, challenges, this pain, this, uh, yeah, these horrendous things. That's like what your soul craved. It was in inherently neutral. I'd actually like to attach an Alan Watts thing to this and just for people to listen to, because he talks about dreaming. Imagine if you could go in and dream the same dream you could control your dreams every night and if at first you didn't have control this would be quite an exciting experience but then after a while when you could control and everything happened in your dream that you wanted it to happen you would take that for granted and yeah. so then you would start playing around with the dream and being like okay I'm gonna open up for some excitement some unpredictability and then before you know it boom you're here as a human being Right. So that's the soul's experience. And I just I think that it. is so profound because every ounce of our human identity wants us to be able to predict the future, wants us to be able to control the future. But we just can't. So if you go into your physical body, going back, Jen, if you go into your physical body first, that creates an energetic opening, an emotional opening, a mental opening. And we we need to use our body as a tool more often. We are, we are just like, we're, uh, what is the word I wanna put in there? We're filling it with toxins. We're filling it with medicines that create, uh, uh, an, elusive, an, an illusory experience that we are well when there yeah. is still something under the surface that has yet to be healed but we are so disconnected and this doesn't mean that I'm not saying that for acute things and definitely um, you're always in communication with your doctor but at your heart do you know that there's something there that has to be healed and is there a fire that you must walk through and I think that again going back to we choose what's uh, this is going to be really triggering for a lot of people. I, know, I was thinking that too, but it's good. It, I have to add to that. Yeah. It's going to be really triggering for a lot of people. I know that I say this only with the limited scope of who I am and what I know, but, it, and I know for me, I would choose, uh, that's not, that's not true. I wouldn't, but let's just say <laughs> there, there are some people who would choose who have been told that they have no power over who they are. That is like, yes, I do need, uh, I'm not going to acknowledge this heartburn. I'm just going to keep medicating it. What is at the root of the heartburn? And like, I'm saying that because there's a lot of heartburn going on around here and it doesn't have to be mental health and wellness. We don't have to be talking about that. I think that's incredibly sensitive, but let's say you're some someone who is struggling with ongoing chronic heartburn. What is at the root? root of it. Don't just keep medicating. Exactly. Uh, my own story with that was how many years? Six years? I guess probably. And I had been on and off antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And 
like will never ever forget the moment I went back onto anti-anxiety meds and I was on day three and I was standing at my kitchen sink and it was winter time and I was like no that I have no idea what this looks like mm-hmm. but I'm throwing it away because this is not the answer no like mind you like I had been on and off them for 16 years so I'm not judging anybody that's on yeah any medication I just know there was a point in my oh, heart yeah. where I was like this isn't the answer for me anymore I feel like I'm just kind of masking what's really going on. And then I'll go through like a six month stint here, then I'll wean off of them and then I'll be okay for a year or two. And then I'll go back on them. And for me, that just wasn't working any longer. Some people that works for it and that's fine. There's no shame in that, but if there is a calling in your heart, I think there's a knowing that it doesn't have to look that way. And I think that's where we've become a little bit um, complacent in that like this is just the way it is you just take medications and you just like for anything like the heartburn or the back pains or whatever that looks like there's so many different ailments and I think there's just emotions that are trapped in our bodies Mm -hmm. and will continue to be because we are human and we will continue to have experiences and we need to some of us feel we need to find a way to honor that in a different way and that it doesn't have to be more and more and more medication. And are these approaches originally, like I do know that there are chemical, like legit, like my brain is not wired or something happened and there is like a, a chemical change yeah. in the brain that does need to be fixed. But are these meant to be shorter term? Exactly. Like I know for heartburn, it is meant to be shorter term for um, my mom's suffering gallbladder attacks right now. And there's like, um, yeah, there's numerous things that I, I do think if we incorporated a more holistic approach is that it, break out the Louise Hay book, <laughs> take her out and look at like, could this possibly reflect what I am maybe unable, I don't have a lot of childhood memories. I really don't, they're they're very few. So every time I have something happen to me, I'm like, is it a repressed memory that I don't even have access to? And that that can be kind of scary. I'm not saying that, that's, uh, that that makes me feel better. That actually probably makes me feel worse, but I'm open to the idea that I have very few memories that something happened there. And that I'm willing to look at it. And when daughter, like why I, I'd love, like let's talk utopia for a moment. What if uh, a medical center also included energetics and body work and um, coaching and, and trauma therapy and groups and communities that made you not feel alone? No one should go through their trauma alone and no one has to but there there is like i do believe i just wrote a blog about that is that there are always the when we talk about a healer it's like there ain't no healers you do that yourself and i i you, you, there's probably points of me saying that on the podcast even but now i realize like i was at war with my own inner healer i was rejecting my inner healer and when we're here to heal ourselves But how we do that is through others, through seeing ourselves in others, through being witnessed in others, like being witnessed in your most vulnerable, challenging, difficult moments, that is healing in itself. 
just the act of being witnessed, not being told I can make it better or you need to be better, just that I'm here and I'm swimming in the darkness with you. And that's it. I just, that utopia government would be that. Utopia medical system would be that. Where it is, the true purpose is harmony. Yeah. Like, and let's come back to that instead of, because I think that's how it was. Like, oh, patriarchal society. Yes. Yeah. I really do think that's how it was. And again, kind of like actually to round it back to how we started this of, not having to be right because I think sometimes even if we just look at it as in simple ways and I don't think it's this simple but just for the this purpose of western eastern western thinks they're right and their way is the only way and sometimes eastern both sides can be that way yeah. and then right. western just keeps proving the eastern right <laughs> I view it too, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, it turns out we just discovered this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the yogis have been saying it for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just like, you know, maybe that it is more acute care, smaller timelines, not looking at it. Like I just, you know, I think of even Blake when he was really sick years ago, yeah. and how they were like well, you'll just be on this medication for the rest of your life. And he was just like, no. but like, you don't even know why you're putting me on it. You just don't have any other options. Are <laughs> like, you kidding? Yeah, they didn't have like any solution. And that's how we got really into the holistic side of things. Yeah. Which I'm, so I'm grateful for now too, right? Like of that yeah. human experience, it was so hard. It was so scary at that time. I didn't understand. I didn't know what to do. You know, like literally they were telling him that like, you're not going to see your kids graduate. Wow. You know, he was a healthy 30 yeah. year old man. Young man. And had no prior health conditions at all. And it was like, well, we're just going to put you on this medication so that hopefully it slows down some of the things. Cause like his bladder was shutting down, his eyesight was starting to go. Like there was a lot of things going on. Hopefully it slows that down because we don't actually know what's wrong with you. But if there was that availability of everybody working together and it's not just like, well, this kidney specialist. And, and they were taken seriously. Yes, yeah. and respected, yeah. respected each other. And it wasn't about having to find an answer in that exact part of the medical system. It was like, well, now we have this huge area to pull from, I feel like, if wow. everybody could just kind of look together with each other. And, and most people, like what you found, Jen, I don't know if most people even know that that exists for them as an option. Mm -mm. And especially like how many years ago did you find this out? Uh, it was six years ago as well. Mm -hmm. Like it was the same year. I never really put that together. I think it was the same year that both of us, I was like no more anxiety, <laughs> antidepressants. And he, his body was shutting down at the same time. But yeah, like we had never been to a naturopath. We kind of heard about that woo-woo shit over there. Yeah, yeah. and you were like, mm, I go to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have no other option that you feel like your GP is literally like, I've sent you to so many specialists. I think there was at least four. When you felt given up on. Is yeah, it was. It was just oh. like, well, we're, we're going to hope that this medication will slow it down and 
hopefully you'll see your kid graduate. <laughs> and again, too, like we were as a kid, get sick, go to doctor, get sick, go to doctor, get better. And so then when the doctor doesn't have an answer, automatically you're dying, which isn't true. Like Blake is alive and well, and he is healthy. If anyone's out there wondering, he is vibrant, vibing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it it's um it's not quick either, right? I think is what yeah. some people because had we Yeah, because a pill can sometimes turn things around really quickly. Can also yeah. make you really sick. I'm watching my brother go through that. Yes, it can. It truly, truly can. And mm -hmm. in different areas that you think aren't related, we could go down so many little trails there. But it's interesting when you are I think it's just important for us to be like, I'm willing to look at this differently and I'm willing to see a different perspective and I'm willing to uh, just, I just constantly go like, how can I see this differently? How can I, kind of like you were saying, both sides of the coin, like how can I see the whole picture of this yeah. instead of just this one area? And that means like, so if you think about a coin, a coin could never see its other side. It could never from those eyes. But if you go up and you take the eyes of the eagle, you eliminate all of the emotional charge and the biases to everything around you. What feels and looks right to me? Yes. And we have this internal compass within us that we are, we, this is, this is truly our superpower, but it's been so conditioned out of us over the course of our lifetime is that we have this powerful internal compass that says, yes, no. Yes, no. And you may just have to give it a lot of options. You may not even know. You may have to start praying. <laughs> you may have to start praying for an answer. And you're like, and that's truly, I say that, uh, I say that laughingly, but I truly do. Whenever I feel stuck, I pray on it and I get an answer. There's never been a time I've been left in the lurch with that. Um, made me think too about food is that, um, like you treated Blake a lot with holistic food and going back to whole foods. Yeah. Um, when I got cancer, when I was diagnosed with melanoma, my body innately knew, do not eat this, this, and this. Stay as far away from it as possible. It is feeding this. Yes. And for like a toxic mind that I, you know, when I was diagnosed, I lived in my home, my large home by myself with my two boys. And I couldn't dump this on them. So I had to do in a lot. I didn't have a partner. My mom's partner was passing away from cancer, like actively dying at this time. And she was my, she would have been my person outside of my previous partner. And I had no one. So I had to sit inside my toxic mind that told me not to eat. Like, so I knew not to eat these things. But I also didn't know how to eat anything different. I had cl eaten clean a long, long time ago. But it's like doing the Weight Watchers diet. Once you've done it once, you can't do it again. Because <laughs> you know how to like bypass all the things and it's not interesting and fun anymore. So it was like, my body was like, don't eat. But then maybe that actually is a purpose because going deeper, I wasn't, uh, I was just in my yogic studies there. But fasting has been used as a form of treatment over and across time and it has worked. And so that may have been, I may think it's my toxic mind, but it actually might've been my intelligent mind. But you can't tell, right? Cause I was by myself, so. It, it is, tricky, but I think it is so powerful. Like even with my kids, I've really shifted to in the last couple of years, like when they're not feeling well, 
we would go into fasting mode because that's what we learned like five and six years ago and over the last five years like he's continually learning about it and it's fascinating to heal the body but I now will ask them exactly what they want and they will get it like and I think back to like when I was little or like even when they were quite little and I'd be like no you know you should have toast with butter or you should have something bland or bananas and milk or you know like just this bland diet to be able to like you should not put strawberries or citrus in your belly right after you've thrown up a few hours ago and now I'm like no listen to your body what does your body actually want right now and then they're like ice cream (laughs) that's my biggest fear right is that they're going to be like oh I want this crap but we don't readily have that available yeah bring it in for treats but we don't have it always available in our house so it's a little bit harder for them but it's really fascinating to watch yeah shoes and what they want and I think it will be such a powerful thing as they get older to be able to like have that trust within themselves it's like I know exactly like I see my daughter do it and it's like it almost brings me to tears sometimes because I'm like what a cool thing for you to have at 10 already to be like no I can just sit with myself for a minute and I know what I need yeah within me and I'm like oh that's gonna be so cool as you get older and hopefully it can stick a little bit more. I know we're going to go through teenagers that'll likely wave or wobble a little, but. Yeah, but I never like, so I knew that I had the power to feel, but all I did was spend my time up in other people's junk. (laughs) So (laughs) that's so cool that she really is acknowledging and aware that her energy matters. It took me three decades to figure that out. Possibly come like, yeah, into my fourth. Yeah. Only maybe in the last two years did I realize that a lot of what I was doing was an empathic coping mechanism is why I was so successful at my work. Right? Yeah. And then everything shifts from there and you elevate again, but is like, yeah, wow. But cool. So like, I think our journeys are journeys and I'm thinking about like, I'm in my 39th year too. And so I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting there more and more and more as time goes on here. But like, so if you think about what our baseline was when we were 10 and how much we've evolved from then, if we can help these like little people yeah. before they're even 20, let's say just little slivers of it, how yeah. much they'll get to by their fourth generation, their fourth yeah. decade of life, like how we're getting it to, it'll be like very powerful shift. For them. You know, I'm just thinking about the way my kids are like, my oldest son, he will not talk shit. Like, if you know, if you bring something up, if something gets like rustles my jimmies and I'm mad about it, he's like annoyed. He's like, just, you know, move on, whatever. He doesn't want to ever talk bad. He'll leave if people are saying bad stuff. And I appreciate that about him. When I was a kid, I would have been drawn to that because that meant community as a kid. And yeah. then um, looking at Jay's to interact when their teacher asked them all, what are, what are you so afraid of? What's your biggest fear? there were some hilarious answers in there and one kid said I'm not afraid of anything and then after that Jace said to me I I was being a a helicopter parent it was on zoom so I was like what do you guys talk about in class and uh, (laughs) I happened to be there for and I was like wow like this one teacher Mr. Bretzloff is amazing to ask that and then Jace said uh, you know he must be really afraid to not even be able to say what he's scared of and i thought holy smokes because i didn't even process that (laughs) 
so cool. Yeah. And what is Jason? Is he 15? Yeah, he's actually going to be 16 in 4.5 months. <laughs> We're on the countdown. Yeah. Yeah. And so like hearing about your daughter and just watching even the subtle shifts in kids from, I'm sure we were more magnificent than I remember, but just like seeing how they are really connected. It just seems very different from the small group that I've been a part of and see. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think we've That's covered cool. like every topic. And yeah. Like, just I know. Round it back for us. Like, hold on. Were you thinking? Topic. The whole time I was thinking, oh, Tanya would be giving a disclaimer here. Tanya would be giving a disclaimer here. I'm like, she would be having like to drop disclaimer after disclaimer. Yes. Oh, Tanya, we love you and we miss yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. We miss it. Yeah. Keeping us in line. <laughs> Okay, we'll end it out here. Uh, thank you for spending the last, I don't even know, 45 minutes with us probably of all the random things that we talked about. Um, roller coaster. We'll call this one the roller coaster. Oh, I like it. Because we go everywhere with it. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know. We actually, like, I personally really love when you guys message us oh, on the me socials too. with any comments, feedback criticisms disclaimers that we should have included feel free to ah, educate me i feel like i was a bad person in this one but <laughs> <laughs> it was all well intentioned it was lots <laughs> of love anything that was triggering that we talked about through here or unsettling in any fashion it was all from a place of love that we're sharing I was talking about and our own experience <laughs> yes mm.